0: Step side, going for Fitzgerald, touchdown Arizona! David Johnson off to the races, he will score, touchdown
1: Arizona! And it is Patrick Peterson who comes up with the spectacular interception! Heading for the pylon! Welcome to episode 86 of the British Bird Dung Breakdown, and it's another defeat for us to break down this week, albeit not as bad as the last time out, but less said about that one, the better. As always, I'm the continually disappointed Tom, and I'm joined by Callum to break down the latest Arizona Cardinals goings on.
0: May I add that I'm also continually disappointed. I think we
1: all are, really, on this fan base. Yeah,
0: it's been pretty grim. I mean, I definitely thought we were going to be maybe a bit more than three wins, like I thought... At some point in the last couple of weeks, we might have been able to get a win. And, and really, the six-game losing streak is not a fun place to be. It could extend
1: to seven this week, but...
0: Yeah, well, I guess we'll get on to that um, in our in our game preview. But um, yeah, that would definitely round off the season, wouldn't it? A, a loss to the Browns.
1: They've not been playing that well, but as you say, we'll get onto that a bit later in the episode. Because we've got a lot more to talk about this week
0: well starting off with we'll get some news
1: i mean it's not much major news really but rodney gunter's gone to injured reserve
0: there's a name that we've not talked about much this season
1: now he's just been quietly plugging along hasn't he
0: yeah i would i would put him in the category of like not had any massive games but he's definitely not been you know having a terrible time of it either
1: i'd say solid yet unspectacular
0: yeah i think that's a fair assessment there I mean, having him on injured reserve, obviously there's only three games
1: left and, and obviously we've
0: not had anything to play for for a while. Forgive me if I'm not that you know interested in that news.
1: I don't think anyone would be really, but I suppose you have got to put it in there.
0: Oh, no, absolutely. And, and you know, will it make a difference to the defence? Probably. You know, at this point, it's he's been playing all right, but the, the defence as a whole has been shocking. So, you know, if you imagine you're losing one of the players that's doing their job, at least consistently, then that's going to be a, a bigger loss, I guess.
1: With that move to IR, we brought back Karan Reed to take his spot. But I actually missed the news where we actually released him before the game on Sunday.
0: Oh, really? His turnaround is like five days or something like that. Then he gets released before the game and then Rodney Gunter gets injured and all of a sudden he's getting a call to say, you're going to come back in.
1: Yeah, basically. Because like on the inactives list for the game on Sunday. There was a name there which I didn't recognise. I think it was Jeremy Davis. Okay. He'd been brought up on Saturday due to injuries in the secondary and Reed was let go.
0: So it was just a... It was like a bit of a tactical swapping in and out. That Yeah. I mean, the... the, the... Up and down from the practice squad does happen all the time and, and you don't tend to hear about it that much because it's not names that you know anyway. It's people being brought in for the most dire emergencies, effectively.
1: And I think, you know, with us losing six games in a row, that kind of quantifies a emergency.
0: Yeah, I, I would give you that, to be fair. Yeah. Well, should we talk about how we lost the uh, sixth game in a row?
1: Yeah, I'd like to say we've got no game recap this week, but sadly we do. <laughs> yeah, we do indeed.
0: A uh, final score of uh, Cardinals 17, Steelers 23. It's another one of those scores, I think, a bit like the, um, in fact, very much like the 49ers game uh, that we played in San Francisco. The scoreline doesn't reflect how how close this game was score-wise throughout most of the the. Uh, evening. Yeah, I
1: mean it's a weird one because I think the score line. Yeah, it does reflect the game because it was close. It wasn't as bad as the game the week before.
0: Yes, that's true. But you know, I I almost think it was one of those situations where again we came down to the point of like we're a touchdown away from winning this game and you know that felt very close but like for me even though it's only six points in it there just looking at it doesn't make it feel like a game that was just right on the knife edge i
1: mean we could have actually won it had we not completely blown the last drive of the game if that was put together a bit better who knows could have been us winning
0: i would say there's there's two or three moments across that game where you say if that doesn't happen then we win it, you know, these sorts of things. And I guess I guess, in that case, you know, in the positives column, if we're going to start off there, you know, we're scoring points. You know, we, we, we put points on the board. It wasn't another blowout, and it wasn't like the points that we got were kind of pity points at the end. No,
1: they were actually two decent touchdowns. The first one came from Charles Clay. His first
0: touchdown as a Cardinal, right?
1: I believe so. Is that right? I think so, yeah. Well, I mean, we don't really use tight ends much, do we, so... It's always a surprise when one of them scores for us.
0: Definitely, and it was a, it was a good touchdown. I would I would say like a capped off a drive nicely, and then yeah, nice nice little touchdown, and then the second one to um to David Johnson actually,
1: which is a positive in itself. He actually did something.
0: Definitely, that's really the first time that we've you know heard his name in a positive light in at least
1: four or five weeks, right? He got a fair bit of work behind Kenyon Drake didn't do too much with it but he did score a touchdown so there is that
0: yeah you can't argue with results can you and you know the touchdown is is pretty much the best result you can hope for there yeah no David Johnson touchdown and I, actually we saw uh, all three backs a bit and that was quite quite nice you know it wasn't just like oh we have three backs on the roster this time it was like three backs actively on the field
1: yeah, and also David Johnson is just the fifth player in NFL history with at least 30 rushing touchdowns and 15 receiving touchdowns in their first five NFL seasons.
0: Where did you pull that one
1: from? It came from the Cardinals Instagram that did.
0: Yeah. Well, they, there you go. I mean, the thing is, though, is like you sort of think about that and you think, oh, how many of those came in his first season and, and a little bit in his second season, you know?
1: You have to wonder as well how long they've got that one kept in reserve because, you know, it's been a few, it's a bleak few weeks for him, hasn't it? Without any touchdowns,
0: somebody looked that up that stat a while ago, probably at the start of this season, expecting him to be, you know, getting it within the first couple of weeks. Really, I'd imagine.
1: But no, we had to wait till week fourteen.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what though, is I, I'm glad to see it because David Johnson, he's he's still under contract with us, I believe. You know, he's he's obviously got the spark to be a good player. It's just been, you know. Such a grim time, and, and I guess hopefully this touchdown kind of motivates him to get back on it a little bit more.
1: Or it just means he'll post even more cryptic tweets on Twitter.
0: <laughs> did, he, did he post another one last night? It was a way to make a joke to see if anyone had checked, but did he, what did he post this time?
1: It was just some, like, song lyrics, I believe they were. But obviously, if you read into what he says, as everyone always does. Yeah. And then, of course, there was Tyron Matthew trying to recruit him to Kansas City. I
0: forgot Tyron Matthew's out there now as well.
1: But we don't speak of him anymore.
0: Twad. yeah, <laughs> Him and his stupid haircut.
1: Another positive from this game was Kylo Murray.
0: Well, if we're talking records, that's uh, another one. Like a, a franchise record this time, though, right?
1: Yeah, he surpassed Jake Plummer with the most touchdowns thrown as a rookie quarterback in franchise history. Which I mean doesn't say much for the franchise history, does it? If it's like sixteen touchdowns.
0: I was gonna say that. Like, I mean, I know that you know, rookie records are one of those interesting ones because like a lot of the time rookies never actually really get a proper start or they don't play the full season or whatever. But yeah, it's it's not like he's been going touchdown mad.
1: And also this it's not like the bar was set that high to begin with, was it? I think that's probably more depressing. Although we probably should have had it a few weeks ago, would a bit less depressing, then.
0: I was gonna say, yeah, maybe if that was a mid-season thing, we could do that. Like, he's already surpassed it, but the fact that it's kind of getting towards the end of the season and we're only just surpassing the Jake Plummer level is a little bit sad, really. Props to Kyler. You know, I think it's great, and I think that I I would hope that he'd managed to score a few more to like keep on to that record. But you know, I can't imagine that it's the the most exciting record to be breaking at this point in the season when. The record you're breaking is Jake Plummer's. We do have a bit
1: more of Kyler to talk about in a bit as well. But before we get to that, we've got a player of the game award to give out. And I don't agree with this one.
0: I see you've left it blank on the document this, this week to keep me in the dark.
1: Well, it's because I set the document up and I forgot to do a poll again. So I had to do like a really quick one last night. All right. Who did we get? The options were Kyler Murray, Christian Kirk, Tana Vallejo and Chandler Jones. Have a guess who won.
0: I'm not sure which of those I would pick. What, who Who would you pick? Who's your, who's your choice there?
1: I'd have picked Kylo Murray. Because, I mean, even though he had a few down plays... It was the reason we were actually still in the game.
0: But he's also, if you ask me, the reason that we lost the game. I suppose. So but, you know. I I, f- I feel like that definitely that that precludes you from a Player of the Game award for sure.
1: Yeah, but does Chandler Jones deserve to win it for one sack?
0: That's that's my thinking as well. Is like you know, it's not exactly his um, you know season highlight. He played alright, don't get me wrong, but I know he can play better than that.
1: It was Chandler Jones who actually won it though. What was the
0: sort of percentage there? I imagine this one was fairly split.
1: He got 46% of the vote.
0: Okay, fair enough.
1: Compared to Tano Vallejo at 30%, Christian Kirk on 13 and Kyler Murray had 11
0: I think people just a bit deflated on Kyler after that game, you know?
1: Yeah, proper bust that guy.
0: <laughs> well, we'll get onto that chatter in a minute no player play the game I'll, I'll put it this way at least it's not last week and at least it's not andy lee again
1: that is a good point hopefully next week we actually give it to someone who deserves it properly
0: absolutely um well i guess if we're gonna get into to speaking negatively let's go for it because it might have been a close game but it still was not well done. You know, it was a close game against a was he fourth string QB as Doc or is he third string?
1: I believe he's classed him as third string now. Yeah, although technically starter. So you know. Yeah, true. But yeah, the negatives for this one. First one I've got is fourth straight loss against the Steelers, and by the looks of things, we lost our stadium to them as well.
0: So this is the thing, like, and I, I you know, I mentioned it last week when we were talking about the pregame stuff. Is like the Steelers travel really well and. I think especially just given that, you know, the attendance was falling at the stadium in, in Arizona as well and, you know, all this stuff. Plus the fact that they've got these towels, you know, the the yellow terrible towels, it just makes them so much more noticeable, I think.
1: I mean, there were lots and lots of them in the stadium, though. So even without the towels, you'd have still noticed oh, you, it.
0: And you could hear it as well. You know, every time our offense was on field, it was loud. You know, it was like,
1: this is... We've practically lost the home field advantage. May as well have been playing at Hinesfield. Field.
0: Yeah almost you know it's like the the only thing we had is that there was no travel and I'm sure after a long November you know they were good they were glad for 2 weeks with no travel in a row but even then, it was, um, yeah, not not the best thing in the world to sort of see uh, see the stadium, see State Farm Stadium taking over like that.
1: I wonder if it'll be the same again this week with the Cleveland Browns coming to town. Not sure how well they travel.
0: I was going to say, I can't imagine they're, they're going to have that many people coming over from the dog pound, but you never know. I mean, especially if, if tickets are going cheap enough. I don't think we're quite at Washington levels of selling tickets for like six dollars, but you know, I imagine if they're going cheap enough, it'll still tempt some people.
1: Yeah, I don't think the touts will allow that just yet.
0: No, not quite.
1: It seems we said we were going to talk about Kyler again. How about his interceptions? Obviously, they weren't very good decisions by the rookie, and at least two of them, anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah. So there was it, it was three interceptions by the end of the game, right? It was, yeah. So my, the, for me, this goes back to like the past two or three or maybe even four games that the offensive line has been regressing and I feel like this is what's causing Kyler to like have to make these decisions even more quickly and while he I think it was by like week four or something like that where we're like oh he's finally getting it he's getting when to throw it and when to run and when to when to actually make the pass and all that stuff. And it seems like he's regressed in that, but I think it's actually the offensive line play has got worse, and therefore he's having less time to you know think it through, and therefore
1: his decisions are having to come faster. You know, I'm sure there are some stats out there to back it up, but obviously I didn't save them because I did see a few people talking about that on Twitter this past week.
0: It's I think it's really difficult to put an exact number on it, but it's like. You know, in on, on terms of the number of times that he's been pressured and rushed, and as well as that, let's not forget the fact that the unknown quantity element of Kyler Murray is now gone. You know, there's there's 13 weeks worth of footage of him playing now out there that, that people just have.
1: Yeah, that's a fair point. But I mean, there's still plenty more in Cliff's. Oh, it's not, I think that he's not even used yet
0: definitely yeah and the thing is, is like Kyler Murray came out and, and did basically the opposite of a Patrick Peterson where he went straight from the game practically into the press conference, I don't know if you saw him like in his pads and stuff like that, he came out and he took the blame for it he said, he said uh, the, if I d- hadn't um, given those interceptions up which was my fault then we would have won the game and I think that's fair but then after that uh, Cliff Kingsbury came out and he blamed his play calling. And so I wonder if Cliff's maybe going to like simplify the play calls a little bit next week.
1: It definitely would be something that might benefit Kyle to keep him from these multiple interception games.
0: Well, One of the traditional things that the NFL teams do for rookie quarterbacks is cut the field in half. And it means that the defense has a higher chance of going on, you know, not knowing what's going on. But it means that you've got fewer reads to check down and things like that. It's just less to worry about and less to think about. Um, And more chance to kind of focus on actually making your progressions through those reads and and hopefully then finding somebody that's actually open.
1: But I mean, like we've been struggling to get open throughout the whole season anyway.
0: That's true. Yeah. And, you know, perhaps that would be a good opportunity if you're going to do that then to get some of the um, these young wide receivers, these rookie wide receivers that we're kind of stacked with out there onto the field.
1: Yeah, someone with a bit of speed, you know, use Andy Isabella a I bit was going
0: to say, get Andy Isabella out there. Um, I mean, that seems like a good shout there. And Demir Bird is doing a bit better, obviously. So, you know, maybe use him a bit more, that sort of thing.
1: One thing that isn't going too well is Patrick Peterson's return.
0: Oh, no. Oh, the GIFs, man. Have you seen
1: the GIFs? Flying around. Is it the ones where tackling or yeah, lack of tackling?
0: The the ones were I've seen edited to, to look like sort of strictly come dancing or whatever, you know, because it was just pathetic.
1: Yeah, I've, I came up with that one on Twitter. I didn't do a gif for it though, because that's well, well above my technical expertise (laughs) i just do the jokes just the joke yeah just make the make the joke it still works
0: no it's um it's shocking actually isn't it i mean we talked a bit about this last week as to why we think it could be but i think that some of the lack of tackles there were the most egregious that we've seen so far
1: yeah there was that one on deontay johnson where basically he tried to tackle him and johnson ended up running up the other side of the field and gained i think it was 20-odd yards, maybe?
0: Yeah, it was solid.
1: When he should have been stopped in the backfield.
0: And yeah, there was a couple of them as well where um, I can't remember who it was that he was tackling down the sideline. And he could have got them out, you know, two or three yards short of the first down, but they had managed to drag him, you know, like along the sideline, they managed to drag him an extra three yards or something like that before they went out of bounds.
1: I think that was the one where you did the twirl, wasn't it? That was the dancing one. That was the twirl one, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, it begs a lot of questions, and and I can't remember, I can never remember what the state of people's contracts and things like that are in, but um, I can't imagine that any... You know, pay raise that Patrick Peterson's asking for would be um, particularly welcome at the moment.
1: Whether we give it to him is another matter.
0: Yeah, well, at this this point, I think that's you know a bit more of an open question. There's something that I saw some someone raising the question of: (laughs) Was Patrick Peterson this good the whole time because of PEDs? But you know,
1: I think that's unfair to say because he had good seasons without them. But didn't he? And he wasn't caught then, so. Unless he was really good at masking them.
0: I was going to say that that's, that was always the question that they were asking was like, has he has he been on PEDs this whole time and just not been caught? I doubt it, but it's Um, it, it's funny to think that he's just come back from a suspension for that and he's just playing as poorly as he is.
1: Should we answer something a bit more positive?
0: What sort of positivity are you thinking?
1: Where we can destroy people's hopes and dreams of winning the gang Bowl. My favourite kind of positivity.
0: Yes, perfect.
1: Well, I mean, because neither of us are in the playoffs, you know, we've got to do something.
0: Yeah, exactly. This—how many years ago did this start? This was like three years ago, maybe four.
1: What the cursing? The cursing, yeah, yeah. Because the Bird Gang bowl. This is its seventh year. So,
0: yeah. If if you've never never heard us curse the teams before, uh, what we do is we go through um all of the Bird Gang Bowl leagues, and there's eight of them this year because the Bird Gang Bowl is insanely huge. And we choose a, a team from each match where we like their name usually. And usually that means that we've cursed them and they'll lose.
1: So yes, we got eight whole leagues to do this year.
0: Eight whole leagues. Well, I guess we better get started then.
1: Yep. So for League One, we've got your team Suggs versus Cliff's notes. And Kaim at the wheel versus Murray Up and Wait.
0: I think the the Suggs pun is a pretty overused pun. In, in the uh, Bird Gang Bowl, so I'm going to have to go with Cliff Notes there. Uh, Kaim at the Wheel isn't really a pun, but I do like the fact that it's a bit of a car crash.
1: Yeah, I think we should curse them, though, because it's Steve Kaim related, and, you know, if they fail, then also Steve Kaim will fail and get fired, that people will hope anyway.
0: I would rather definitely curse Steve Kaim than Kyler Murray anyway.
1: Yep, so Kim at the Wheel, you're cursed.
0: In League Two, uh, in the first match, we've got 176 centimetres of Chinamite versus Kyler B. So Murray and then Cold-Blooded Kyler versus Stain's Cardinals.
1: That's a tough one. Who do we curse in that?
0: Do you get the reference of Chinamite?
1: I don't know. Unless it's meant to be dynamite.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's obviously meant to be, China- to, to be dynamite, but I'm not sure what Chinamite is.
1: It's an inside joke that we're not part of.
0: It might be an inside joke that we're not part of, absolutely. I think in the other, one, on the other part, um, I'm going to have to curse Staines Cardinals. Um, I've never been to Staines, but...
1: Ali G at the house told me it was a shit place, so that must be true.
0: <laughs> yeah, I will always listen to Ali G, apparently. So, yeah, I'm going to curse Staines Cardinals for that, and then uh, I, think, I think I'm think i going to... Le- well, choosing my favourite team name, presuming it's not something weird and racist, I'm going to take 176 centimetres of China, mate. Right?
1: In League 3, we've got Essex Cardinals versus Fits and Pieces. And Murray's Mint versus Larry Legend.
0: Right. Well, in that case, for this league,
1: it's another location one with Essex.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: Well, did it have to be southerners?
0: <laughs> well, how long has it been since you updated the map?
1: Well, I mean, we do have a lot of fans down that way, so it's not much of a surprise.
0: I, th- I quite like fits and pieces. You know, obviously, fits related puns have been a mainstay for years, but I don't think I've I don't think I've seen fits and pieces before. So I'm gonna take that one and then I'm not sure why there's so many yeah, the Murray It's
1: so basic, isn't it?
0: It is same with Larry Legend, to be fair.
1: Let's just stick with one and go with fits and pieces. It could be the cursed one.
0: Sure. Um League Four, we've got the we've got Arizona Celtic versus the Essex Emu's and easy peasy Jr. Sweezy versus Sherfield Wednesday.
1: I'm pretty sure we picked out those last two in the preseason one.
0: I think we did, yeah. That's a strong postseason there in League Four. Yeah, easy peasy JR Sweezy, I think just works very well for me. So I'm gonna take that one as a as a curse one there.
1: Yep, we'll sit with that one then. Sorry, easy peasy. <laughs> League five. Yeah, we've got my team Suggs versus King Cliff and Moo versus Murray Mintz. Another one. Bloody hell. How many of these beat you this year?
0: <laughs> yeah, I I think um I think the only Moo is the team that I didn't lose to out of those ones. I need to double check that. But um, and I'm sorry, Moo, if I if I did lose to you. Oh no, I did lose to Moo. I lose. I lost spectacularly to Moo. They scored over 200 points against me. So
1: maybe you should curse them then.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm gonna curse them because I don't understand why the team's name is Moo. And I'm also cursing my team Suggs, because I, that that joke's used a lot now. Um, in League 6, we've got Patrick Peterson's Goody Bag versus the Yorkshire Cardinals and Catalina Wine Mixers versus Air Raid Zona Cardinals.
1: I think it has to be Patrick Peterson, hasn't it?
0: I was going to say, am, am I might actually curse two again in this league. Patrick Peterson's Goody Bag because Patrick Peterson and Air Raid Zona Cardinals because I quite like the fact that that actually works.
1: Yeah, we'll stick with that. So, one look at you two. League 7, we've got Chapel Hill Spud Pickers versus Sweezy Does It. And fits a kind of magic versus fits like a glove. The fits bowl.
0: Spud sounds like one of those insults that you know, like tiny northern towns. Two tiny northern towns have against each other. You know, like they've been calling them, they've been calling each other Spud Pickers for like centuries or something like that.
1: Don't even know where Chapel Hill is, do you?
0: I, I don't think I know where Chapel Hill is. I, I think it must be a village or something like that.
1: We also have another JR Sweezy put, which isn't as good as the last one.
0: It's not. And uh, between fits A Kind of Magic and fits Like a Glove, I'm going to go with fits A Kind of Magic because it, it um, makes a song in my head, you know. But for the Spud Pickers versus Sweezy does it, I think I'm going to go for Spud Pickers because I've already picked a Sweezy team.
1: And last but not least, we've got this one's for John versus Murphy's Law. And Larry's versus kiss from a Well, obviously, kiss from a gets cursed because of who they reference.
0: It's a seal thing. There's there's multiple reasons for that. Also, why would you
1: be Kiss from a room this season? Exactly, it's a 2018 thing. Don't bring it back for this year.
0: It's not like uh, it's not like we didn't know by the time we were doing the teams either. You know, it was done like in the last weeks of preseason. I think
1: it was. Yeah, but you know, some people,
0: some people. Well, I guess that's all the, the um, bird gang bowl playoff cursing done. I, I hear you've got... You you actually snuck yourself into the postseason for the Dynasty League as well.
1: Just about, yeah. Managed to sweep past the 11th place team by 165.66 to 160.9. And I needed like half a tackle from Tyler Rapp in the last game to make it in. Thankfully, he got five points.
0: That's a proper close game right there.
1: It was just shocking because none of my players were scoring... Many decent points. And I just about managed to win. But I'll take it. Fair enough. League One win. Or Division One winner, sorry.
0: Yes, that means you get a trophy regardless, right? I do, yes.
1: I mean, I'd just buy a trophy anyway. (laughs) Pretend I won.
0: I, I don't even get into the consolation bracket this this year, but you know I'm reasonably happy. I finished tenth, five and nine with a losing streak of seven, which is pretty horrendous considering how close the rest of the league was. Like there was a lot of people in the middle with seven and seven, like finishing on a five hundred record.
1: I fun, like splitting them up when it comes to the draft.
0: Yeah, I know absolutely. Well, they'll have the consolation bracket and stuff to to split them up a bit more. Overall, I would say it's been a fun season. Who've you got in your your um, playoffs?
1: So the playoffs are Maurice Mintz versus Cards Against Bumanity, and my Pawnee pervs taking on Wessex Coast Fantasy Football.
0: I gotta say, like I do enjoy the name of Cards Against Bumanity. I, it was a bit of a slow burn on me, but I, and I think thing is though, I think it would have worked better a few years ago when the Seahawks were the Legion of Boom.
1: I think it's just a play on words of cards against humanity though, isn't it?
0: It is, but I'm thinking like, you know, that would be the excellent second meaning to it, wouldn't it? If, if the the Seahawks were still the Legion of Boom and then you could have cards against the Boomanity, kind
1: of. Yeah, I see where you get at. But hopefully they lose. Well, actually, no, hopefully they win and I win.
0: Yeah, because they'll be the easier opponent because Murray's mints has been on an absolute
1: juggernaut of a season. Pretty much, yeah. Top scorers in the whole league. Yeah, winners of Division Two as well. Yeah, don't want to face them in the playoffs. <laughs>
0: well, you know that's it. That's f- well for me, fantasy over. Um, I've got the the losers bracket in the uh, the bird gang ball, but you know as fantasy draws to an end, it makes me think of the the fact that it's the end of the season and and uh, the fact that we really don't have that many more games to suffer through this year.
1: Yeah, which brings us on nicely to our third, well, third to the last game preview of the season. Does that calm?
0: Yeah. One, two, yeah, thirds to the last.
1: It kind of makes sense to me, anyway. So, yeah. (laughs) I was going the Cardinals versus Cleveland Browns this Sunday at 9.05.
0: Man, if you could tell us in 2015 that we were thinking this was going to be a close game.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Browns do lead the series overall at 33-14-3, and free, but the Cardinals have won the last three games.
0: Yeah, um, I do remember that there was a couple of the more recent games that were a lot closer than we would have liked, especially when we were actually playing really well. But I think this is the first time we've played them at home in a while.
1: Yeah, it is a lot. it's been a long time since that. Well, the last time we played in 2015, it was 34-20. Yeah, and I think we were losing like 20 something in the first half because we just didn't get going. That sounds about right,
0: and and it took us a while to to really um build up the momentum and get going. But
1: we shut them out in the second half and won the game. Yeah, thankfully.
0: At least back then it was really an embarrassment to be uh you know losing to the Browns.
1: Yeah, but everyone was saying it's going to be different for the Browns this year, but, you know, six and seven for the season. It's a far cry from the preseason Super Bowl favourites that they were.
0: I mean, they actually, they were. I think they were, like, there's quite a few people who were calling them their, like, dark horse to come in there, but, yeah, six and seven. I mean, admittedly, they... You know, they have a a bit of a mixed division. I think they've already played the Ravens twice within that seven-game loss. You know, they've played the Steelers twice, they beat them once
1: and lost once.
0: I don't know. I I feel this Browns team has the potential to really uh, come in and mess stuff up.
1: Yeah, I mean, they've definitely got a few danger men on the offensive side of the ball. Odell Beckham Jr., obviously.
0: You've got Odell Beckham written down there, but he was kept so
1: quiet for so long. That's true. But he's coming up against Patrick Peterson. so <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly. And on the other side as well, they've got Jarvis Landry, so it's not like you can just pick one guy to cover the whole night. You've got you know, two guys who are more than capable of running around the place.
1: Yeah, also Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the backfield.
0: Yeah, both really solid, capable running backs. And um, and is it, is it Njoku, their tight end as well? Expect him to be getting a couple of uh, good, solid catches.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's a pretty decent tight end as well. Coming back off injury, I believe. He's been on injured reserve for the past few weeks. First game back. Nice way to come back, though. Against the worst defense against tight ends.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's... That's a nice warm-up for you, isn't it, really?
1: I just don't know what to make of them this year, though.
0: Really don't either, because some of the wins they've had have been really, really convincing wins. But then again, some of the losses, you're just like, you know, it just seems as though everything falls apart for them.
1: And also, they're the most penalised team in the league.
0: Are, Are you sure that's not us?
1: No, it's actually them. Uh, but I'm pretty sure we're not too far behind. Yeah. So I'd expect a lot of flags. Yeah, flag city. So the game will probably finish at like midnight or <laughs> one o'clock, you know.
0: A lot of breaks for um, reviewing pass interference potentially, but let's see. No, I I have a real trouble predicting this game, to be honest. I have a real trouble coming up with um, what I'm thinking of for scores here.
1: You're not the only one.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it really depends, I guess, on which defense shows up for the Cardinals. Is it going to be... You know, the defense from earlier in the year who were struggling but kind of getting the job done? Or is it going to be the defense that showed up against the Rams who, you know, were just totally anemic and didn't get moving? And as for the offense, you know, are we going to get some actual momentum going or are we going to get flags every first down? and Kyler getting sacked in the backfield.
1: Well, I mean, they don't have Miles Garrett, so that's one good thing.
0: Yes, that is going to be handy. It's, you know, give us a bit more time there.
1: So for predictions, I think I'll go with a 27-24 win for the Cardinals.
0: Yeah, nice and close. Are you thinking it'll be like a convincing win or are you thinking it'll be like
1: edge of your seat the whole time kind of win? Would it not be the Arizona Cardinals if it wasn't edge of the seat?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Although I've had, there's been a few close games this season that have been um, you know, having a light nap while it goes on, kind of unexciting. Hopefully, this isn't one of them. Yeah, but you never know. I would kind of love for it to be a, a seventeen twenty three game uh, going to the Cardinals. I'm gonna predict a win here because. Really, this is our last chance to beat out last year's record in terms of number of wins.
1: Although we technically have beaten it already.
0: We have, yeah, if you you include the tie. But I mean, I'm thinking just like in terms of number of wins, I would like to see Kyler Murray's rookie season better than Josh Rosen's rookie season.
1: I can deal with that. Of course, it would mean we have to pick a bit later in the draft, but so what? We're getting a high pick anyway.
0: Where we are, we'll find someone within that mix. It's not like we need to go first to pick up Kyler Murray again, you know?
1: That's true. Thankfully. Thankfully, indeed. But yes, that will do it for this week's episode of the British Bird Gang Breakdown. As always, if you're not following us on Twitter, go follow us at British Bird Gang. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash British Bird Gang. And join the group at Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash British Bird Gang. Buy early Christmas present at britishbeardgang.tmail.com Seems it's Christmas time. Why not? <laughs> and of course, if you like what you listen to, leave us a review.
0: About five stars only. And
1: share it around, obviously. But until next week, goodbye.
0: Goodbye.